and you're very welcome to the very first episode of the Clash Act uh, podcast with myself, Eddie Scally, and co-hosting with me is, of course, Aidan Taggy Fogarty of Kilkenny Hurling fame. Aidan, how you doing? How are you doing, Eddie? Yeah, it's uh, great to be part of this uh, best podcast to come out of Kilkenny. <laughs> oh, this is it. It'll be a, a national a national treasure Absolutely. in no time. But the podcast, Aidan, what we're doing is it's it's all things GEA. We're going everything from camogie to hurling to football to ladies football. You know, there's nothing going to be left out. And, and we're going to really, you know, dig into your inner, inner thoughts on, on some of the biggest things that are going around. And I'll be giving my own opinions on them. But, you know, we, we kick off this week's show and get straight into it. Last weekend, we had some brilliant kick air hurling quarterfinals were played out we had a couple of absolutely fabulous matches and I think the first game I'd like to talk to you about is the, the Galway Tipperary game an absolute belter of a game um, I'm sure you enjoyed watching it Yeah uh, sure Eddie look at this and it, like at the beginning of the year I was thinking with all these matches without a crowd I was thinking like they're going to be a waste of time but I'm um, fair glad of these games on a Saturday and a Sunday evening now like it's just filling the weekends so it's fabulous and the games are actually really really good I think myself it's kind of more of a it's kind of a high intensity league match um, but the intensity is there and if you go back to the, the Tipperary Galway game last weekend obviously descending off caught a barrett probably swung the tide um, Tipperary never really got going in the championship I felt um, they were a bit heavy legged uh, people are talking about the older stock and you know maybe this time of year and uh, this kind of crack but I don't know if I buy into that either like it's it's amazing like if they bet Galway by a pint they're, they're back you know that kind of way and if Tip got to Croke Park on a semi-final day they're a different kettle of fish um, but you know Galway they got over the mark um, weren't that too impressive I thought um, even when Cottle Barrett was sent off they left the team hanging in it and that's what they're doing they're leaving teams hanging in the wind they left Kilkenny hanging in it um, in the Leinster final and uh, you know they um, they obviously got beaten um, by a Kilkenny uh, last 10 minutes free for all Yeah but if you, if, if you look back on, on the Galway Tip game I completely take your point about maybe people accusing the Tip team or say, maybe saying they are a little bit leggy and maybe the heavy pitches is affecting them a small bit and whatnot. but watching the game last week one of the things that stood out for me and it was it was such a big thing at, at the time of the game I did say you know speaking to the lads before Kilkenny played Galway I really really fancied Galway for this year's championship I still do fancy Galway to win this year's championship as well I haven't given up on them and I think if Limerick are going to be beaten it's Galway that's going to do them but one of the things that stunned me was Aiden Hart's goal in that game Galway leading by a point I think it was at the time when the ball went to Aiden Hart he cut in if he had just took that ball and tapped it over the bar nobody in the world would have batted an eyelid it would have been fine but he took it he bade in on goal and he absolutely buried it and for me you played in the full forward line you were one of these lads you grab a ball you take on a cornerback and you smash it to the back of the net but to see a Galway player from out the field coming in and nailing a goal like that like these Galway players they, they have that killer instinct they do yeah and like you know you're saying Aidan Hart there went up and first of all he wouldn't have been in that position only for Cahal Barrett was sent off yeah. they had the free man so he was liable he was a free man he made the run and he absolutely buried it and you were right if you put it over the bar no one would have said a word to him but on the flip side of that the actual forwards Flynn missed an open goal really you know he was in on, on his man and I don't know whether he got a hook or not but he definitely didn't bury it. like look the goal he straightened the eye put it to the ground and it should be a goal and Galway haven't got that killer in my opinion hasn't got that killer instinct and they've won the last they are Ireland mainly on points and they haven't been scoring goals and um, as I said Aiden Hart did score that goal but like forward wise in general I don't think they're actually goal headed there's too many lads like Connor Cooney or they're, they're just not Connor Whelan I should say as well they're just not delivering I, I know Jason Flynn bait in one of them with O'Murphy it was an unforgivable miss, really. Ah, look, he should have scored it, like you know. And that's just saying he got a hook and he missed it, and I thought he should be burying them goals, you know. And that's what leave teams in it, and that's what I'm saying with Galway. You're saying they could still have a shout for the championship. I'm not so sure. I think Limerick are going to beat him uh, this coming Sunday, but 
you know, the little Leicester final slip, I thought they were a better team than Kilkenny. I, yeah. thought, I think they have better players than Kilkenny, but that's not to say they're going to win on the day. And it's that kind of killer instinct. Now, Shane O'Neill, he's a Limerick man, and a Pierceig, we haven't, we don't know a whole lot about him. Uh, I know Michal Adonu, who changed Galway's mindset to be more of kind of a killer instinct. But I just feel with Galway, the killer blow is not there and they're not putting away teams and they're leaving them hanging and that'll kill you in championship. And is that is it just a little bit of brittleness in them? Is it just a bit of a weakness in Galway? I think it is, yeah. And like I suppose, look, I played in Galway a lot of times and over the years and we always felt that if you really put it up to Galway and really put them on the back foot, they haven't got the kind of they haven't got the kind of the spine to come back at you. Do you know that kind of way? Brilliant hurlers, if you let them hurl, they put you away. Now they are a different kettle of fish, and I feel they have actually more options than in the team now. You know, Shane O'Neill is making changes that it's not all Joe Canning. You know, Connor Whelan's coming in, he's making changes. Flynn started the last last day. So you don't know if it's a settled team or a not settled team. They played sweeper the last two days as well yeah. and that was again tip um, I presume to the far the wind was a strong wind down there and obviously they had to play no they actually played against Kilkenny and I think they played against Kilkenny because they thought Kilkenny would struggle against it because they have done over the years but still didn't put their mark on the game Yeah it's something that I'm going to come back to you with a little bit on that in that podcast in a while because it's it's something that drives me bananas and we'll come back to it in a while is about Kilkenny's inability to play against teams with a sweeper yeah. um, and it's, it is it, like, I don't know I, I think They're getting better at it though They are but it's in Kilkenny is where people say that Kilkenny can't play against teams with a sweeper and then other counties are setting up to play with a sweeper because apparently the people in Kilkenny think they can't play against yeah. a team with a sweeper No for sure yeah and I think look it probably comes back to the other <coughs> last year you know we're, we're a man down and we just played the ball up to Cottle Barrett up to the up to the sweeper system that they had and that's like in an Ireland final everyone's watching if we won the Ireland final it would have been a masterstroke but obviously we got hammered <laughs> so like you know the sport is so fickle and so like once if you lose by a pint you're the worst team ever if you win by a pint it was the best strategy ever to come out of it but, you know you, you're you're very very close to being a genius at all times. Yeah. So we we put the go with tip game aside. It was it was for 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 a neutral to watch the game. It was an exciting game, yeah. close match, high scoring. Um, the second game, the Waterford Clare game. I, I, I'd be very interested in your opinion. I personally didn't find it as an exciting game as free flowing. I think Tony Kelly getting injured. You just felt the oxygen was sucked out of the Clare team when I seen him going in on the fourteen. I knew they're in big trouble because if that was any other player he was getting the curly finger there his his ankle had clearly been rolled he was gone um, were Waterford blessed that Tony Kelly got injured would they still have won the game? Uh, they would have still won the game Eddie I think yeah um, like you can't rely on one man now the man is in phenomenal form he's putting balls over the bar it's just ridiculous what he's doing he was injured didn't have that much of an impact on the game but when it comes to this time of year this like semi-final stage I won't say this time of year because December is a totally different time <coughs> of year but when it comes to semi-final stage uh, final stage it's you can't rely on one man at all and only for Shanahan maybe getting the two goals to keep him in it like Clare were well behind the scenes and I suppose Waterford like they played Cork and they played um, Cork and Clare obviously yeah. two teams that are not that physical you know Cork love this lovely stylish play Clare as well they love to run the ball but not that kind of a physical kind of an edge to them not that kind of normality that the normal meeting with Kilkenny maybe in Limericks so maybe for Kilkenny's point of view that could be something they're looking at yeah, I, I, the, the Waterford team obviously were beaten in the in the Munster final by Limerick. They did yeah. put it up to to Limerick. They did, but they didn't finish it out, Eddie. You know, yeah, there was like because we're going to have to look at next week's or this weekend's semi-finals and 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 delve into them. Desi Hutchinson got a couple of goals there for Waterford. Um, he hasn't been lighting up the championship so far. He did light up that game. To be fair to him, um, did five subs came on? I think all five subs got a score as well. So they've obviously got a good spread of scores out around their field. Um, I thought in the Limerick game they were very reliant on Barrett in that game. Or not Barrett. Said, uh, I can't think of the young guy's name. Takes the freeze there. It is Barrett, isn't it? Uh, Barrett, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, in there. He, like he, 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 he kind of. 
pulled him through the Limerick game a lot. You're dead right. And he is their talisman, I think. Like, you have to mention him there now. And, like, they all talk about Austin Gleeson and all that. Now, Austin Gleeson's capable of absolutely lording it. But Barrett, for me, pulled the strings. He runs in from midfield. He brings lads into the games. He's on the shoulder the whole time. He's a huge player for him. A huge player. Yeah, like I, I genuinely watching the Limerick game because I'd seen him playing a few times. I remember when he was a bit younger, he played with a chain. I know this sounds silly, but he he played with a chain, and it's something I'd always notice with players. Certain things. If I see a player with white boots, yeah. I'm telling my backs to hit him. Yeah, well, <laughs> and hit him hard. Um, that, that's true. But isn't it great that like you have to bring your personality in sports as well? Now, I wasn't like I wouldn't bring out. I was bland as you like, like black grip, black helmet, black socks. <laughs> God's sake, I disappear for God's sake if there's no light. But like someone with white boots, isn't it deadly? Like just someone has a personality that comes to it, like the John Milan or whatever. But I know what you're saying. If a club level, I saw a lot of white boots were going nail that lad. <laughs> but in fairness, in fairness to Stephen Barrett, he's he's filled into himself. He's a he's a fine specimen of a lad. He's a big guy. Throws himself around the field like he is Waterford's main man and he was again the last day I know the, the other chap got the two goals um, Desi Hutchinson got the two goals going inside but if you watch the Clare Waterford game at no stage in the Clare Waterford game did I get the feeling that, that Clare were going to win or were they going to even put pressure on him but likewise in the Limerick Waterford game at no stage did I think Limerick were going to lose that match yeah yeah, no, you're dead right. And what 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 does that tell us really? Like it's 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 hard to know. Like I think Clare this year was just too reliant on Tony Kelly, and he got injured, and it sucked the kind of the energy out of Clare altogether. And they were at sixes <coughs> and sevens, but you have to remember with Clare and with Lohan, he's missing about four or five players that started um, like last year and the year before. Like you know, Shannon only came back, but he's missing um, the corner forward. What's his name there? He's flying around the place. Yeah, no, no, um, he, he plays the football. Yeah, um, missing him and a few injuries as well. So like they're missing McInerney only came back in the team so he hadn't had his full if you take five players out of the Kenny team or out of the Limerick team like, oh, of any team yeah, I don't you know, know, it's 100%. very hard to come back into that you know but when you go back to the Limerick Waterford game then they, they, as you said they never thought they, they did well but they were never going to win the game I felt now that's maybe down to Limerick's experience and just kept the way they played and didn't panic and that maybe is from a semi-final against Kenny last year that they learned a lesson <laughs> So we move it from there into the semi-final. So the first up tomorrow t- t- tomorrow night, the Saturday night semi-final is, yeah. is Kilkenny against Waterford. Um, I have a lot of really good friends from Waterford. They're texting me all day. Tag, they're asking me what odds am I going to give them on Waterford. <laughs> I've been sending them video reels that Casey Orr put up of the All-Ireland final between Kilkenny and Waterford a few years back and I've been telling them to... I can't see where all this confidence is coming from. I know Waterford played well, but... Every Waterford person I've spoken to is 100% certain that Waterford are about to beat Kilkenny tomorrow night in Crow Park. Is that going to happen? Yeah. Um, yeah? No. Uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I was in Waterford today and I was getting the same reaction as you were getting, Eddie. Lads were coming up saying, we have ye, we're going to beat ye. And I was, look, I just smile and say, yeah, lads, whatever, but I, I'll, be, I'll be waiting for them on a Monday morning. Um, I, I can't see, like, I can't see what it's coming. Yeah, okay, Waterford are a different team. They're they're um they're more direct. Liam Cal is a big addition to him. You know he's bringing a bit of steel to him. He's after bringing a bit of honesty to him, and I think he has a good way with players. Now he made a huge statement going in at the beginning, dropping Noel O'Connor's and Mara Shanahan. You know two kind of big enough players for Waterford, um and just got rid of him, and that's putting down a stamp straight away. But he has a system now that are. It's better than it was because Waterford, I felt, with Derek and Grath, they were too neutralised by his system. Like, they had to do... It was nearly too calculated that they had to go out and play the ball across the lines, make the runs, hand pass, and everything had to be perfect. And in my opinion, that's not hurling. Hurling is, yeah, you have to have a strategy, you have to have a structure, but you have to kind of throw off the cuff as well and, and hurl, like, kind of off the back and, and allow people to hurl. And he's allowing 
the players hurl the way they want to hurl Tyke de Burka loves carrying the ball he's allowing him carrying up the ball and if you look at Waterford now they are so direct and <clears> you know Eddie I was reading kind of during the week but looks little snippets and stuff and you pick up things off players and stuff when they're being interviewed and they're just kind of saying that is so direct and running off the shoulder and they're not they're not hitting the ball into the forward line until they reach around the 40, 50, 60 yard line so it's a better ball into the forward so they're running out of defence man on the shoulder pure direct taking on their man and then giving a good ball to the forward line which sounds simple enough and it probably is if you, yeah. if you, have, the, if you have the team with you no, but, but Waterford themselves and I like they're, they're quite good to watch um, you know as, we, as we've both kind of alluded to Stephen Bennett's having a brilliant season for them he's, he's been flying I thought the last day watching I thought Jake Dillon was very good I thought Tyke de Burka Tyke de Burka never has a bad game he's just one of them hurlers that just you're, you're consistent one of the players you touched on you said that there's a possibility there's always this up chance that he's going to yeah. light it up is Austin Gleeson I find him a very frustrating player to watch I, I wonder I remember speaking to a guy one time called Eugene Clunan the, the Galway hurler and I, and I had a chat with him and I, and I said to him I found him very I found him very interesting to speak with but one of the things he said to me was his biggest fear in life was uh, unfulfilled potential that was his biggest fear he said in anything that he did was not to fulfil his potential not to you know it wasn't about him himself he just said he played with other hurlers within, within his own club that didn't go on to win with Galway that didn't go on to win Club All-Ireland titles and he wondered looking at them when they're retired and they're sitting down in a bar having a pint and yeah. they're chatting to the lad across them will they be able to say well you know I really did fulfil my potential and Austin Gleeson I've seen him playing in about seven positions now at this stage I, I, I listened to the commentators the last day they seem to always make a a case for him that it's you know maybe we should play him wing back where he doesn't have to do this or centre back where he doesn't have to do that the one season he was outstanding he was playing sweeper I don't hurl I haven't hurled but I'm confident if I was given the role of playing in a sweeper role marking nobody getting on free ball and striking it I might do okay so is he this is he like he's been taken off in two championship matches so far is he number one is he living up to near the potential he has and number two is was he a superhero when he was marking nobody and playing in a free rolling position well like <clears throat> you hit the nail on the head he, haven't, he hasn't met his potential um, and as you say like it's funny the commentators they do they always mention him and they always kind of make an excuse for him and the year he did get hurled of the year he was on a free roll I think when you get hurled of the year now <laughs> I've never got hurled of the year obviously but uh, <laughs> just in case any of you out there as think we know I, as we know I, I, I think I have or anything yeah but um, it, it, it does drain like every wants peace of you right so that's going to drain you for about a year or two right and then you're coming back and as you said he's playing in six or seven positions like what the hell where, where am I playing what's my job and then he was a bit young and a bit naive I felt that he was trying to do everything himself that probably came from his minor days under 21 days that he's flicking balls over lads heads running onto it making his own scores and that's granted that level but you will get found out at the higher level because lads will just hit you and it won't come off you're just playing with better hurlers so the thing with Austin Gleeson is there's all this talk about him and the media is about him and they're nearly making excuses for him because they know his potential but he's not fulfilling it and he's been taken off and he's one of the top hurlers for Watford if you're taking off TJ Reid every day or Seamus Cannon every day I don't know like would you keep playing him I'm not so sure like does he need a talking to like you're a manager Eddie like, do you talk to these guys uh, I, if you're frustrated as a hurler it's hard to perform so I'm wondering and off the field as well I'm wondering what he's doing off the field Um, 
times have changed a small bit with like say Instagram and social media lads getting pulled and dragged and everywhere and that is a distraction and I'm sure Austin is being sponsored a car that he has to promote and maybe you know and it sounds so simple but it does get into your head and you do lose concentration on the simple things which is what you're supposed to be doing and that's horrible Yeah it's, it's a fair point Tag like Austin Gleeson played for the whole of the match or until he came on come off he got two points in that game um, Connor Gleeson came on from as a sub with I'm going to say about 14 minutes to go and Connor Gleeson got two points as well so I, like I, I don't mean to be and I'm not I'm not being very heavy or hard on, on Austin Gleeson Austin Gleeson will start on, on Saturday for Waterford because if he didn't they'd be uproar they'd be probably they'd be probably looking for the manager to step down but yeah. Colin Fenley's after been left out of the Kilkenny starting team and Wally Welch's after been left out of the Kilkenny starting team and I didn't see any of the placards when I was driving into Kilkenny City earlier on for <laughs> Cody out and you know and I, I've no doubt regardless of how the result goes tomorrow night I won't see placards no. saying Colin had a poor game admittedly he said it himself he had a poor game in Leicester final Wally had a poor game in Leicester final there's lads chomping at the bit to get into the team and they've been replaced you know whether they will be replaced I don't know but I just feel with Waterford and it'll be the same t- tomorrow night it's the one thing that'll frustrate me in the game you can be guaranteed if Marty Morrissey is commentating on the match it'll be Aussie this and Aussie that for about 5 or 10 minutes and building it up and if it's not going to plan it'll be should Aussie be played somewhere else that's what the co-commentator is going to be asked not should they be taking him off it'll be yeah. should we play him wing back yeah, I suppose, and they're saying that because they know what the potential is. But um, as you said, he's going to be playing tomorrow night. Liam Cal is relatively new to the senior ranks of of uh, of hurling. That's a big call to leave off Austin Gleeson. You know, Cody <laughs> Cody's doing that for eighteen years, and uh, look, Cody has the likes of uh, Richie Hawkins to come on full forward there as well in in place of Colin. But Colin is a strange one. Um, I don't think Colin is out of form I think he had a bad game oh yeah no no without question he did but like you know how do you leave Richie on the bench after him coming on and doing what he did well that's true but I would still leave Richie on the bench um, <laughs> now he might be all killing me for saying that but, no no it's fair enough but, but I would I don't think there's 70 minutes in him and I think um, I think from the last day he's he can just change the whole dynamic of the game now I know so can Colin and so can Walter Welch but Richie offers just something really different because there's a touch of class about him we've seen him again in the goal in the Leinster final there is a touch of class about him and to start him it's all going to be Richie Hogan now and from my own experience when you play so well for one day it's the hardest thing to do is play well the second day and Colin Fenley didn't play well the last day so he's bursting at the bit and usually when you play poor you have a better game the day after that's the way I'd be looking at it. but I'm not bringing Cody of course yeah, but then it, just looking at the Kilkenny team first and foremost the, the 15 Brian is named is that the 15 that's going to start on the pitch? It'll start yeah um, that, that will be the 15 it won't be uh, No I think that'll be the 15 but in position wise I'm not so be sure moved about. Yeah, yeah, no, no, be moved. And that's what Cody's kind of done he names the 15-ish as in but they, 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 they could play anywhere to be honest And then back into the point like I, I see it you see it with Jim Gavin he kind of would have always pushed it with the Dublin senior football team about finishers and games mm-hmm. I'd agree with you about Richie Hogan I think it's it, you have to start him because of his performance the last day but at the same time there's there's certain players like if I was coaching you now, uh, you know, because you're you're moving on in years. Like time time's been kind to you, but I'm you are getting a little chicken, bit, it's yeah. Chicken. But but you know when you've got a player that's at a certain point in his career, then you have to look at it and say, right, do I want to be throwing Richie Hogan onto a tired cornerback or a tired wing back? And the answer is I do. But when you start him on a fresh fit lad and Richie's you know at the other end of his career I know, know he's playing fabulous but I think Colin may have offered us a little bit more of that physicality than Richie would offer and so would Wally like I mean 
Wally, Wally was poor now in the Leinster final I don't remember him it was a non-memorable performance I don't remember him doing anything in the game unfortunately and I just I love him purely for puck outs under ball high ball his, the dirty stuff you know the stuff that goes unnoticed Yeah Eddie and you're hitting the nail in the head there because I thought with Kilkenny they'd be aiming for the aerial battle tomorrow night because the Waterford full back line <coughs> and the Waterford team in general are not great in the air you don't see him plucking balls out of the sky Bar maybe tied the burka there last couple of days and Kilkenny's big strength is plucking the ball out of the sky Walter Welsh Colin Fenley breaks it more so than catches it but Walter TJ and Colin Fenley if you had them in the full forward line and isolated them on uh, Prunty the full back and uh, the other two corner backs I think that's where Cody was going for now I still think they're going to target the Waterford full back line but I thought they'd target him with height and ability but look Cody does some weight around and, and Walter I think Walter is struggling for a bit of form all through the campaign you know, we played him in the club during the year he was good he wasn't spectacular he didn't stand out a whole lot but he hasn't been setting the world alight. Unlike Colin Fenley, where he's been brilliant for Ballyhale, had a go- good first championship against Dublin. You know, he, he made his mark as such. Poor Leinster final, but he's not out of form. So, I don't know. Now, the full forward line, Billy Ryan, Richie Hogan and On Cody is a fair full forward line, but it's fairly green too. But, you know, Cody just makes these changes and it's, it kind of brings a bit of life into the team. And Billy Ryan's a big man as well though, oh, isn't he? He's a big he? man. Oh, Eddie, I, like, I'd be gymming there in Hotel Kenny um, for the gun show, you know, <laughs> not, not for hurling anymore, just to look good downtown. Uh, these lads are big men. Billy Ryan's a big man. Yeah, yeah. And he was injured the last day and obviously sure Paddy Deegan is back in the team as well. Yeah, yeah I wonder, will Paddy Deegan, will Paddy Deegan pick up Stephen Barrett? Would that, is that, would that be the plan there? Like he's been playing, he's been playing brilliant now. His form, when you're on about players in form and the right time of the year, Paddy Deegan's been a revelation this year. Um, obviously he was unlucky the last day he was, I think he was a close contact close somebody contact, with COVID yeah. or something but he's back into the team and I wonder is that is that who's going to go straight in there or is it going to be Porrick Welsh I'd say he, someone's going to be targeting this guy anyway they will they will uh, Connor Brown Connor Brown I think he did a job on Keane Lynch last year yeah. and he's that kind of a defensive midfielder fit as a fiddle so I think he's going to be picking up Bennett um, you know he has the engine for him He's, he's very good at kind of going forward but more so a backman and I think he's going to target target Bennett with, with Brown. I think the half-back line will probably stay much the same. Parag Welch, Killian and Paddy Deegan. That's a fair that's a fairly good uh, half-back line. One of the best Kilkenny have, have put. Richie Lahey, obviously I'd say out injured so Conor Forkton moves to midfield. The half-forward line, Mossy Kion, I don't know what you said last time but he has, after filling out, huge. Yeah, he's a, he's, a, he's a different man physically. Like, <laughs> no, know? no, he's a, he's a, he's 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 turned into a monster yeah, of a chap he's as well. Ch- now his work rate was always very good, but I just thought the last day he's just, you have to gym in some amount because he's after filling out hugely. So the half hour line is a working half hour line. Yeah, no, no. In fairness, John Donnelly is in there as well. Is yeah. in the half hour line. John, John's been John. John's another player that gets. I I don't know. He could go out and score three points in a game. Mill work over all day, and it's just like it goes unnoticed. He just it tips does. away, and I'd say he's the first name on Brian Cody's team sheet every week. I say so. And interesting enough, um, actually. Uh, to his own Cody taking off the last day and on Cody won a few frees like he was in the game and then I kind of finished up and John Donnelly was still playing and I was like Jeez, John Donnelly is still on and Alon Cody seems to be doing more damage but I'd say John Donnelly is first on the Cody sheet is that yeah, no, and I can he's a Cody player <coughs> I can see why he's, he, like, I've watched him with Thomastown as well and I watch him with Kilkenny and I, I love I love I love honest players and there's no there's no flair with him I, I just couldn't picture him rocking himself into Thomastown with a pair of flares on him and a white <laughs> boy boots and you know Chains. Get, get ready <laughs> county player arriving you know, yeah, I, yeah. I, don't, I, don't, I don't think he's that type of guy and, and I love I love that type of person and I'd say Brian Cody 
I'd say as a person that likes that too. Ah, uh, look, look, even from your own perspective, you know, I wouldn't have set the world alight skill-wise, but look, I was honest and I had a work rate and Cody just loves it. He just loves it. And I remember one time, I think I made a hook up around the um, the opposition 21-yard line and he talked about it for about two months. The lads were absolutely taking a piss out of me constantly saying, <laughs> I was Cody's pet and this stuff. And all I did was hook a lad. I didn't even score the same day. I was taking off. But he just loves hard work, honesty. And that's what John Donnelly brings to us. And I think tomorrow's, tomorrow's game you're going to have two very hard working teams playing against each other I don't think this is going to be a 327 to 325 match it doesn't strike me as that type of game um, but I could say when you get the hook and block count at the end of this match and the whole lot I'd say it'd be a lot different but the big question and I said this to Shane a couple of weeks back I was talking to, to, to Shane O'Keefe for Casey Law we were chatting and I said it to Shane at the time the biggest thing in my opinion from Kilkenny winning the Leinster title was not getting the Bob O'Keefe Cup it was getting that week off and I think Kilkenny going in there fresh is that going to make a major difference this is Waterford's third week in a row yeah. to be playing Championship Hurling Kilkenny have had a full week to recover they know who they're playing for the last seven days that so have had that to focus on Waterford would have been very limited I'd imagine in what they could do this week training wise because players would be definitely sore after the, the game is that going to give Kilkenny that little bit of an edge? Is it a big edge? Yeah, it's an edge. I suppose, look, it's kind of on the flip side as well. If they win all oh, the three weeks in a row, did them justice and they were flying because you can't beat match practice and all this. But I do think, I think actually could be the fourth week in a row, to be honest. Um, I do think Kilkenny are going to be a fresher and Kilkenny love going through the front doors, I call it, to have them few weeks off. Uh, well, it's only two now, but it does give you an extra week to prepare for them. And recovery in sport and even mentally, it's it's absolutely massive. You don't realise the mentally kind of getting up for a game, you know, the big build-up, massive game, to come down off that and play seven days later. Physi- mentally, never mind physically, it's a huge use because it's draining and you're thinking constantly about the game and stuff and that's draining. So it is mentally draining. It's how you kind of coach that and control that is so important, but... We know in the last 10 minutes of the game, Eddie, I suppose, won't we? No, that's that's really it is when it comes down. You're going for a Kilkenny win? I am, yeah. Um, I think, look, I think there's probably three aspects to it. I think the Warford full forward line. I think uh, the aerial battle that Kilkenny are going to bring to it. And the third thing, I think, is that Waterford tend to carry the ball much more as I alluded to earlier on and there's no better team than the tackling and hookling and dispossession of the ball than Kilkenny and if they overturn it when Waterford are bringing it out from defence that's when the danger is going to happen because they're going to hit into the likes of the Richie Hogans maybe the Colin Fennings when he comes on and it's going to be a goal chance so I that's why and I think the Croke Park factor and we haven't actually lost the semi-final since 2005 really. <laughs> so. yeah we, we actually haven't I just read that there today so it's, it's, it's meant we know how to win semi-finals and there's Croke Park we're used to Croke Park it's a small detail but look it's, it's just a routine Waterford haven't played there a whole lot you know it's going to be the first out in there on a Saturday evening under lights it's a different field shooting from different angles it's, it's, it's totally different to what you're used to so on all them things I give Kilkenny a nod but not by a whole lot No, I, 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 I'd agree with you I think, I think Kilkenny by a couple of points I think the fact that it's a closed Crow Park will work for Waterford more so than Kilkenny. I think if there was 85,000 people bet into Crow Park, the Kilkenny hurlers would jog out onto that field and they'll say, there's the lads. And yeah, <laughs> the, yeah. the Waterford hurlers would jog out onto and the field. And if you remember, the old Waterford <clears throat> team, they needed a crowd behind them to win oh, that. Oh, like, You remember the Munster Finals and Eddie and all that? Like They needed that. When the crowd is behind that Waterford team, they played off the cuff and played some brilliant hurling. But yeah. this team is a little bit different, I think. I think so. And I think you had the John Milans and the yeah. Dan Shannons that were throwing their fists in there and helmets getting thrown. 
And there's a team that we didn't talk about today because they're not. They didn't get to the quarterfinals. They were knocked out of the championship. And I can guarantee you, if there was eighty thousand people in Crow Park, Wexford wouldn't have gotten beaten the way they were being beaten in this championship. Wexford is another team yeah. that need the crowd. And 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 I think playing behind closed doors has hurt them a little bit. And maybe I'm being a bit too generous to Davy Fitz and the lads. Has, but they but are what, do you, what, do we, what do you think of the way Wexford are playing? Well, what's your what's your opinion on that? Like, see, maybe like it's it's too easy to say that the teams are finding them out. It, maybe it is too easy to say that. I think they've had a long year. Davy Fitz trains teams for the first half of the season. Davy Fitz goes out to win a national league where other teams are thinking about winning championships. So that'll bring you so far. So it didn't shock me that Wexford won the Leinster Hurling title, mm. but it would have stunned me if they'd won the All Ireland. Um, I think when other teams are at. 60 or 70% of their fitness Wexford are 100% so we're kind of meeting Wexford on the way down yeah. and the other teams are on the way up Do you think they peaked too early then? Oh definitely I mean I watched them a couple of years ago in Nolan Park in a championship match they were 9 or 10 points up at half time and they threw it away and lost by a point I, I, I still leave them Nolan Park I still couldn't understand what I'd just seen or how they threw it away and the more I thought about it afterwards was that first half was Wexford's actual peak of that year and from the second half onwards was Wexford's decline and they're peaking in yeah. July when you need to be peaking in September, October. I suppose and like even if you look at it this year right, the game that they're trying to play right, it's a, such a high intensity high kind of fitness game. Do you reckon they had time enough with COVID and the way it's only three months for training and to get their game plan totally because that game plan has to be down to a T and there's so many cogs working behind the scenes with cornerbacks making runs were they fit enough did enough time to do it or is that just an excuse I think look everyone had the same kind of problem with COVID this year I, I'd say you could you could argue they didn't have enough time because it is something that has to be worked on on the field an awful lot but at the same time if you look at the Wexford starting 15 this year comparing to the starting 15 last year it's almost an identical starting 15 and they were playing almost an identical formation so this is the third year of that cycle now don't get me wrong I'm not writing off Wexford and I'm not writing off Davy Fitz for one minute for next season's championship I think they'll, they'll, they'll light it up again and, and they'll kick on but I do think I'm not, I'm not so sure. I, I don't know. I, I don't know about if they'll kick on. I think. I, well, now, when I say they'll kick on, I think Leinster's a very hard championship to win. It is now. But you've yeah, got Wexford it? and you've got you've got Kilkenny. Obviously, you've got Dublin, who are now getting very competitive. Um, in fairness to Leash, they've started to make themselves very hard to beat too. And then obviously Galway are there as well. So it's. But I still think I think what we we didn't see the best of Wexford. I hope I hope that Wexford can kick on for another yeah. season. I, I I'd, I'd hate for Davy to leave on a on a on a poor. A poor, I don't know what word I want yeah, to put no, on I know it, what you're saying. Yeah, exactly. he's had a great relationship yes. with Wexford and I'd love him to leave on a, on a positive with them yeah. but, but in fairness to half and little up we, we go to the, the other semi-final for the weekend Limerick against Galway you're, 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 you're a big you're a big Limerick fan you're, you, you think? I look I don't say I'm a Limerick fan but I suppose I'm just looking at Galway and I've played Galway over the years and I just think there's a weakness with them and I just think they just don't put away teams I think the likes of Limerick now in fairness it's going to be some battle like you have you have serious matchups like Galan Dahi Burke Joe Cooney Grode Hegarty Sean Finn Conor Whelan Joe Can that can have, like it's it's a serious matchup physically wise Galway should be well able for Limerick but I just think that Limerick have a bit of more caught about them a bit more trust about them and if you really put it to them and I said it already on the show that like they're just not putting away teams I, I take the point on Galway not putting away teams there was a point you made about Waterford a couple of minutes ago and it was about Waterford running at, running out of the defence and running at you. I watched the Limerick-Waterford game twice because I couldn't, after watching the game live, I couldn't understand how Waterford only lost by four points. And then when I watched it again the next day and I sat down and I was 
I knew the result. I was drinking a cup of tea and I was kind of yeah. chilling out. The reason they only won by four or only lost by four points was Limerick's discipline was disgraceful. It was scandalous. They gave away free after free after free. Yeah. If I'm Shane O'Neill from Galway and I look at that match, I am telling my half back line to run at Limerick because Limerick to me I think they're actually quite poor at tackling they don't know how to tackle and if the referee is is pedantic and strict Galway you give freeze away against Galway anywhere inside and 95 yards from that goal and Big Joe is going to come out the field and he's going to tap them over the bar all day and I think if Limerick's discipline is off tomorrow and got her on Sunday and Galway run at them don't be surprised to see Galway beating Limerick I think they haven't lit up this championship for me this year Limerick haven't. No. Yeah. Um, look, they're, they're crew. They tipped by ten points. Sorry, they did like that game. Well, up yeah, they did. But like how poor were tipped that day? Like yeah. And we go back to tip being dry hurlers on nice field and super and all that. It's, it's a different time of year. But I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, Limerick. They like if if Waterford really had the belief, I think in themselves and the real kind of cut and cut and die attitude to win a match. They might have beaten Limerick that day, but I think they're nearly kind of happy enough. I won't say like it's hard to say happy enough, but they're nearly happy enough just to put up a good performance. But I think with Liam Cal, he's bringing that little bit of extra edge. As it's not good enough. But how many teams have actually ran at Limerick? Got the opportunity to run at Limerick. Kilkenny did it last year, but it was more so hitting them, stunning them really in the first yeah. ten minutes, fifteen minutes, and throwing them off. They, they drove eighteen wides in that semi final last year. Like we can't be winning matches. No, but this is it. Galway hit sixteen wides against Kilkenny in the in the Leinster final as well. Yeah. Um, you know, which is a big stat. You're you're thinking you're thinking Limerick by comfortably. Um, I, I won't say comfortably. I'd imagine Limerick by about four or five points as well. I just. I just think they're a better team and they're better focused and they're gunning for Kilkenny and I know what they're playing Galway but they're gunning for Kilkenny in an Ireland I know that for a fact because I'm getting messages left right and centre <laughs> they want Kilkenny like us when we got bet by tip we want the tip yeah. so they, they want Kilkenny but I just think Limerick are a better team and I think unless it's a surprise out of the bag and there's always a big game in Galway you know Kilkenny have been to the four that before 2005 you know hammered us and you know there's a huge game in Galway always but I just think Limerick are too focused yeah so we'll, we'll, what do you think do you think I'm not going to let you off the hook here eh, no I, look I, I think I think I I think everybody everything points to a Limerick win um, but my is there going to be an upset in the championship yeah there is Galway are going to beat Limerick on Sunday right so you know what this is I, I, yeah. I have a wife at home a proud Galway woman and right. she's got two very fine big brothers and if you listen to this <laughs> and I'm not so predicting you're, you're, you're avoiding the bait 100, 100% I'm going to play it politically safe here yeah, but yeah. no I actually I genuinely I do I think Limerick have been quite flat this year and I think they could get caught. Um, just just when you're on about kind of shocks and this year's championships and different things that were kind of shocks, you kind of we, we'll stick with hurling, but we'll switch to something else that had happened kind of in the last couple of weeks. And it's very disappointing, you know, to see it. But Eddie Brennan, former player with yourself and and, and, a, and a super Kilkenny man, super hurler, um, he's 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 stepped down as the manager of Leash um, in in very disappointing circumstances, really. Um, what was your take on on the whole thing? Obviously, his his role as the Leash manager is without question it was a huge success huge uh, huge success yeah um, I felt sorry for Eddie to be honest um, like for anyone who didn't know like obviously he came out off the record talking about the county board Leash County board and he called out a few names and he was kind of it was kind of talk like this Eddie it was kind of like pub talk and no matter who you are down the country or what you are down the country you're always going to have some sort of an issue with someone you know there's going to be I'm not getting enough money from the county board or they did this they did that I wasn't happy with now just reading through the lines there he retired obviously this week he was two years his contract was two years yeah. 
he came out on the record saying that look he wanted more um, investment from the county board they weren't really giving it to him as far as I can make sense of um, you know he had a physio maybe for one night a week and even me hearing that like I think that's absolutely ridiculous like uh, one physio for one night and it's programmed in uh, but it's all got to do with probably expenses behind the scenes now the fact that it was on open air and he called out people imagine imagine Eddie sitting in that committee meeting and being ratified back in or you know maybe he insulted a player maybe he was a relative or whatever the case may be is the same trust there now he didn't let down any players he didn't uh, cut anyone on the team so he's obviously kind of a team player manager but he wanted more from the county board and he kind of had it out with Woolley now in fairness he had it out with Woolley Woolley doesn't like county boards Woolley doesn't like Leash County Board we all know that he'll tell you that himself as well so it was kind of a it was kind of a you know a hit at the Leash County Board between the two of them off air and it got recorded and I don't know what the circumstances be whether it was meant if it was meant it was absolutely scandalous because nobody should go on that show if it was meant but I don't think it was I don't think I think Woolley has too much respect for players and himself as well I don't think it was meant I think it was a bad mistake I, 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 I would really hope it was the case and I would I would imagine it, it was the case um, So surely it, it's surely because Eddie, Eddie surely sat down because of that do you think? Oh no there's, yeah. there's, there's no two ways around it but I think there was there was two things that struck me it got sent to me the next morning one of the players from my own club sent it to me the next morning and when I listened to it I thought first of all I thought this was the radio show and I was like holy, yeah. holy God almighty <laughs> he, he lost the plot today um, but when I, when I found out what had happened in the whole lot like th- there was two or three things that had happened and we've done this we've all been guilty of it um, we've walked away after club matches and we've walked away after county matches and we've said so and so's this and so and so's that and Johnny's only involved because he gets the free jacket and he gets yeah. to sit in the touchline so we've all had that but one of the points that, that Eddie raised and I think if I was a leash person it's something I'd be looking at was he said that they're happy to continue to do what they did last year because that was grand so They've no. What I would be afraid of is: is there a real lack of ambition in Leash or in in the county board with regards to hurling? Is there a massive lack of ambition? Because this is a coach who has huge ambition. They went and won a cup that they were never meant to win. They beat Dublin in a hurling championship that they were never meant to do. So Eddie Brennan. I would say done exceptional things that the county board had never expected them to do. If he had went out there and they'd been beaten in the Joe McDonough final by a couple of points or you know that type of way and Dublin had bet them by seven or eight points they'd have said ah that's great Eddie come back next year but what Eddie was trying to do in my opinion was really test how far can we get these boys and he was bringing them forward but for him to go and say that the county board don't want physios two nights a week don't want nutritionists they don't want that because they didn't have it last year and and I would say I can see why he'd be frustrated because I think his ambition is so high that it's not being matched by the county board backing him yeah no I think you're right yeah I think Eddie probably going in probably didn't expect to do how well that he did um, you know Kerry <coughs> and Carlo were beaten Leash by 10 points they were nearly in a Joe McDonough relegation final and next thing to come on and they win the Joe McDonough and shove tip to nearly a couple of points in a, in a quarter final so he did a huge year but you talk about ambition and sometimes in all counties and maybe you can even pick Cork maybe on this but they build these massive stadiums and they put in huge work into you know, lights and fields and gyms and all that side of it and that's perfect and that's grand but as you said then they've let Eddie Brennan go or he stepped down and he at the ground moves it's for players that's what you want to do and Cork builds this huge stadium 
80 million could be up to 120 million now we don't even know and instead of maybe putting it into managers at grassroots and playing hurling if you look at say even Kilkenny now I know I'm a Kilkenny man but if you look we haven't spectacular grounds you know no. out in Dunmore they built a field and it's literally a field with a dressing room with lights that's that's what it is and in any other county you'd imagine they would have had this sports science uh, <laughs> you know college kind of uh, 10 or 11 fields but they didn't do that because I think they concentrate on the underage structure and getting the best people into the best job to do the best job and I think they're kind of losing sight of that and perhaps they are just happy enough because they don't feel that they're going to be contesting in the bigger matches but Eddie actually proved that wrong that he won the Joe McDonough Cup and that these guys are actually brilliant hurlers and they can compete and maybe Leash just didn't think that yeah, it's 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 a strange one, and I think you're 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 they're a million percent after, they're right. They're losing a cotton Eddie now because Eddie's very good. Well, they, they definitely have, and see, it's like people would say, how much is that worth to you? Like, I mean, losing somebody like Eddie, like Eddie Brennan. The point that you've made about Kilkenny, you know, Dunmore, the training centre of excellence in Dunmore, fabulous pitches out there, but it is pitches and two dressing rooms. It's basic, yeah, and the pitches are beautiful pitches. But, but that's all you need. That's it exactly. Yeah. But then in Wexford, they've a fine centre of excellence. They've like you're on about. They have the gym there, and they have that science section of it as well where you can look and do your nutritional classes and whatnot as well and they've built that there and that was their decide to do it that way but the problem you have is it's like everything else if Wexford or Leashes and all these places they want they can build all these things they want but if you don't have successful players on the pitch and the teams aren't performing people aren't going to go into your stadiums like Cork they've no team in an All-Ireland semi-final this year but they've the nicest pitch yeah. in the country you know they've, they've a lovely stadium in Parky Cueve but yeah. Eddie Brennan's loss <clears throat> now there is another player I'm going to go straight into it with you but Eddie Brennan moving away from there we don't know what's next for Eddie Brennan really Um he won't be short of offers. He'll be snapped. A club will definitely get him in if he wants to go this year. A club will definitely get him in. He'll be snapped up, and next year for some intercounty team that's left maybe idle, he'll be going into it. He won't be won't be short of a job opportunity. No, definitely not, and he deserve it. But yeah. one 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 lad that's putting his hand up, I the, the, the played against him. Played against him when he was training. He, I was training the Wexford Camogie team. He was involved with the Dublin Camogie team at the time, and he's now managing the Kildare hurling team. Um, is David Hurdy, mm. a name that I seen getting touted around this morning for the leash job. <laughs> so and rightly so well 100% he's had a phenomenal year with Kildare I tell you and Davey you see with Davey he's probably a lesser known player on that Kilkenny team Eddie Brennan Henry Shefflin all these lads they're the, they're the big dogs they're the, the, big, they're the big names well I wasn't going to say Eddie but you're lucky <laughs> throw me in there if you want <laughs> uh, but like David started at the real bot and that's the hardest thing to do like he went up to the Camogie players in Dublin did a great job there yeah. uh, was involved with Cooley behind the scenes not too many might know that but was involved with Cooley behind the scenes and apparently coming out of the Cooler camp did great work up there and obviously um, the Christie Ring Cup with Kildare just gone the weekend gone so he's doing very good work and I've done a few drills we went up the north brown envelopes aside there was no such thing uh, we did a few training sessions and he's very good he's ec- he's excellent and he's serious if, if anyone knows Davey he's a kind of he's, he's a gas man off the field you think there's nothing to him but by God he as a manager he's a different kettle of fish and I'd say he's taken a few Brian Cody's philosophies and he's learned an awful lot from everyone and bringing to his own game but I wouldn't be surprised if David goes to the next level pretty shortly Yeah no in, in fairness to him um, with the Dublin Camogie team like he brought them on leaps and bounds I remember early in in, in, in the time we played them and yeah. we put them to the sword now we were a proper side at the time but he was only very early in his tenure and I also remember him knocking us out in an All-Ireland quarter-final as well which, which did and sting and does he play like does he have him set up uh, Eddie like as a team is it a good strategy he has or is it just like I think he just brings 
a professionalism to kind of new teams. 100%. When he went in with that, the Dublin team, I remember that the first day we played them, we played them down in Ferns in a friendly. They arrived, you know, 45 minutes to an hour before the throw-in. They were all there, they were in the same gear. I know this sounds like really simple stuff, but this is early in the season in a friendly. Our team was arriving maybe 40 40 minutes then 35 minutes 30 minutes some of the girls dragging their hurls in behind them you know and you were kind of looking at this Dublin team even their warm up was so structured everything was calculated measured and we could see I remember after the game myself and the lads we, we thanked them for coming down and whatnot. and I remember the managing team I was involved with and every one of them said the same thing this Dublin team it was far more it was far more set up professionally it was ready they were ready to rock and even though they weren't there yet they really did put everything everything else was right and the pitch was going to get there but what we seen them in the league that year and as the league progressed like he picked his battles he wasn't going to beat Cork he wasn't going to beat Galway he wasn't going to beat Kilkenny or Wexford because at the time we were the elite four but he looked at Offaly and he said mm, these boys now are for the taking Waterford are for the taking and, and he calculated them games out and he won them games And but in the following year he realised Wexford now these are a team in decline and, and I'm going to get them and he did yeah. and in fairness to him with Kildare I think I think he could understate it what he's done there and, and it could be forgotten but that Kildare hurling team I, the only time I've ever heard of the Kildare hurling team was when the, the young lad from Kilkenny went up there and started playing football in Kildare I think um, Mulhall <laughs> chapter Mulhall, yes yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I'd never heard he went to a few counties <laughs> yeah, but this this is um, I, I, I think it's it's massive news and, and I, I would love to see him getting the, the, the leash job I think it'd be it'd be a great job for him I think it'd be a great job for him yeah um you know, I think, and, and all this, I suppose you kind of go, where's Offaly? Because they, they were supposed to be winning the, the Christie Ring Cup and all that. And I was talking to Dave and he said, yeah, Offaly are, are a good team and like they're, they're going to be the favourites. But so it's Kildare that won the championship. So like, and you're saying about professionalism, the subtle changes, and you say turn up to a game 45 minutes beforehand, having all your hurls out. It's them subtle changes that bring a professional attitude. And anyone that plays the sport, anyone that plays the sport at a high level, whether it's hurling, football, whatever it is, when you're really in it, you love professionalism. You love to be tested. You want to be really, really the best of the best and you want to be shoved to your limits. And that's how like that's how a team grows and evolves. Because if you're used to kind of lackadaisical kind of things, like maybe turn, as you said, dragging or hurling behind them and things like that, that feeds into the team. And the subtle changes bring the professionalism to the outfit. No, it, it is. It's a hundred percent. And look, we we watch with bated breath to see yeah. where David's next port of call is. It could be a big club appointment in Kilkenny. Um, could be. You yeah. know, there's 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 lots of clubs with things moving along. I want to switch our focus a little bit across to the Gaelic football side of the world unless there's something else you want to talk about in hurling before I kick across to it No look sure um, I wouldn't be a, a football guru um, and in saying that now before you say it I'm not a hurling guru either but uh, <laughs> no I think we've covered nearly most things about hurling there now yeah but just, just it's been it's been a big week in football um, it's been a big week in football in the sense that the, the, the talk everywhere has been about the Dublin senior football team um, you know Look, I'm going to say it as it is. Uh, you know, the Dublin senior football team are a professional football team, yeah. in my opinion. They're they're not. It's not. It's not fair. What's going on? And um, the GEA. Everyone can close their eyes and pretend it's not happening, and we can all turn away and say it's fine. But I can tell you now, if any other county had the resources, and it's not about population either. It's about the resources being made available to that Dublin senior football team. If Kilkenny had that in Hurland and didn't win the Hurland Championship every single year, they'd be held to pay. It's yeah. what's going on with the Dublin senior football team. What um, do you do, Eddie? Well, it's 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 a conundrum. Um, 
it, it's not going to be fixed in a year or two. Well, we all know that, like. But it's not. But like, there was a lad. The lad asked me a question a couple of weeks back, and I know it's it's something that's been touted about as well. Does footballers being poached to go to Australia every year mm. at, and play in the highest elitist level of sport? There hasn't been a Dublin footballer switched to go to Australia since the Steins man and yeah. got be good to him. Uh, you know, that hasn't happened. Why? Why is that? Yeah, are they getting perks? Are they like? I suppose, as you said, they're a professional team. Um, they're winning our Ireland's six, they're going for six in a row obviously there's obviously a great vibe it's it, it's nearly playing professional in your own in your own country really isn't it rather than heading out to Australia <coughs> and stuff um, they're obviously getting good expenses and it, now we'll just say right it's, the money thing is huge and um, the ex-president there um, was it Kelly Sean Kelly Sean yeah. Kelly yeah in 2003 he felt that the Dublin was losing the GEA crowd because of the rugby, because of hockey and other sports. And they actually set up a committee that was to revive the GEA in Dublin. That Now it's hurling and football. And they put a load of money in it. I don't know what the, the funds were, but they put a load of money in it and they worked on the grassroots, put lads out on pitches and really kind of spread the spirit of the GEA and all that. Now maybe they're reaping the benefits of that now. I, I don't know. It was, it was actually Donald and uh, the, the ex-Westmead a uh, footballer wrote a letter to the county board to explain exactly what's after happening and they said that was developed in, in Dublin and the rest of the counties missed out. Now, you could say the Leinster Championship, it is absolutely a damn squid. They've won 15 of the 16 Correct, yeah. championships. Like it, It's absolutely ridiculous but what kind of is worrying there is, right, you can talk about Dublin and they are getting funds and it's professional. They have AIG as a sponsor. Whatever else is coming in their way, they're getting sponsorships and they're like, they have a marketing team up there, I'd say, for that Dublin team bringing them money as well. But the other side of it is the Leinster teams that they're playing, they're not even competing. When they get bet in the Leinster final, they're not even competing in the semi-finals. The Calairs, you know, the Carlos, the West Meads, the Meads, they're not competing afterwards. They get their chance, but then they're gone. Yeah, see, the problem you have is, and this is, this John Cannell and John, John would be an Atlone GEA man, he's West Mead, uh, a West Mead man to to, to Corey he went to Australia um, he, he he followed the Australian money uh, and went out there right. and played there for a while and I couldn't blame him because no, I go myself well, you know, 100% yeah. too, so I booked the flights tomorrow <laughs> <laughs> I go now and yeah. <laughs> listen give me a second we finish this and I'll make a call but, but genuinely and, and he's right to do what he did but the problem is you train and uh, David Prendergast Jack Cooney is involved with Westmead now David Prendergast was there and I, I know David really well he was a brilliant guy he played full forward for Westmead in the 90s and I had this conversation with him earlier in the year that the whole football championship Dublin's even losing interest in the Dublin football job. I'm not about the Dublin supporters. Yeah. Like they mocked Kilkenny a number of years ago when Kilkenny won three in a row and they were saying that we didn't celebrate hard enough after we won the All-Ireland. But, you know, they didn't see you tag. But, <laughs> but, they wouldn't but, have wanted to see no, me. But the, the, the problem is that Dublin, I am convinced that COVID's actually covering up a lot of this because the Leinster football final wouldn't have had 50,000 people at it. No. There's no way they would have had for Dublin to go out and put me to the sword. Yeah. It's, it's, now, what the Dublin, the, the Dublin footballer, we're not going to be able to fix that problem. They're going to win the All-Ireland again this year. As you said, they've won 15 to 16 Leinster Championships. They'll win that again next year. Yeah. But in Hurling, the Christie Ring, the Joe McDonough, they've reignited the the, the smaller counties well, championship campaigns. Well, they're making it campaigns. more competitive. It's not what they're doing. Like. Well, they, well, they are. With but, a chance of winning something. But if you were a Westmead footballer, like Westmead are the second best team in Leinster. I know Mead got beaten in the, in the Leinster final, but Westmead were beaten by 10 points by Dublin. Imagine that makes them the closest team to Dublin in Leinster by only losing by 10 points in a Gaelic football match. But Westmead... 
if you're a Westmead footballer tag you've trained all year next in the draws mate you're drawing Dublin in the first round of a straight knockout championship yeah. so we're going to train for three months you're going to get humiliated by Dublin no matter where you play them they're going to hop off you and that's I, I don't listen to the argument of take them out of Crow Park you no. can bring them anywhere they will hammer you plus a player wants, everyone's playing Crow Park they do 100% like you, like I think you'd be, the Cavan lads would be uh, they yeah. might say oh I'd love to do it I remember the Dublin footballers coming down here and playing in Nolan Park that's right yeah. um, and do you know what if I was a Dublin footballer I'd love it and now we can down in Kenny, bit yeah. of crack. We'll stay down here after the match. We got a few points. New, new, new pubs to hit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, new it's territory. top up the brogans there. Sure, yeah. the boys are after all in the pub. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, <laughs> but be happy. Out. This is it. But like, I mean, it's it it it's it, it's for me. If I'm a Westmead footballer, right? Fair enough. We're going to have a crack at Dublin. But that's not the be all and end all of my year. I want to go and win the Christie Ring, or I want to go and win the Joe McDonough. I want to, yeah, you know, you want to win something exactly, and have yeah. my day out, and then put that equivalent of the Christie Ring final on before the senior football final so you get to play in front of Crow Park with yeah, 75,000 or 65,000 in before the big game You're, you know what I mean you yeah. get that last 15 minutes I've seen it with Chadwick's done a Leinster Hurling League for the clubs Um our own club went in and did it and we got to a final a couple of years ago and we played uh, Glenn Moore That's but Kilkenny were playing Wexford straight after us yeah. but for the last 12 minutes of our match my lads got to play in front of 26,000 people. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah, like yeah. they were rattling, um, they were scoring points because they buzzed off it. Yeah. Why not give a loud versus Westmead a chance in, a, in an All-Ireland final setting and stuff? And I, I just think... So are you, are you saying, like, make, make tears in Leinster? I think or, make tears in the whole, the well, whole, the whole football team, like championship. So you're talking about Leinster, but the Munster Championship is, is no great shakes either. This year we've had a shock because Tipperary yeah. won the Munster Championship. Yeah. But that's down to... Curry had an off day against Cork. This is because there was straight knockout. Yeah. Now you remember the back door was brought in in football to try and give weaker counties a second bite of the cherry. But what it's proven to do is it's given the brilliant teams a chance that if you have an off day, you're grand, you can get it back the next day. Curry had an off day and another year they'd be still in the championship in the semi-final and now. they'd be probably Munster champions. Yeah, 100%. And that's no disrespect to no, Tipperary. Definitely. But, you know, they would have got a second chance and like, they're after winning the Munster final since 14, apart from this year, obviously. And yeah. Cork was the only other team that kind of competed against them. So like, you talk about Leinster, Cork and Kerry have been dominating Munster. Absolutely dominating Munster. So what do you do with the players and you know the Tipperary's like tear it off like I know this year is a bit different Mayo are going to be Tipperary in the All-Ireland semi-final I I can confidently say that it's going to be Mayo against Dublin in the All-Ireland football final I'm actually 100% it's going to be Mayo against Dublin so at the same time the football championship was straight knockout this year if it wasn't straight knockout the four semi-finalists we have right now would not be in the semi-finals Donegal would be still in that championship and so would Curry. Yeah. But because it was straight knockout, they were gone. So are you in favour of the, straight, of the knockout for football? I think I think it makes it more interesting. Yeah, I think it's I think so. it's a far better setup, and I'd love it. I'd love straight knockout, but I'd love tier championships. Would you get rid of the Provinces? Provinces. I, I think you could do it like the Camogie. I, I think sometimes we don't give credit enough to Camogie. Mm. The Camogie championship is a brilliant setup. It's two groups: Group A, Group B. Your all Ireland finalists are in one in Group A, one in Group B. Your semi finalists one in A, one in B. Quarter finalists one in A, one in B, and then the other two teams. And that's yeah. that's the structure. Your league is played like I remember winning Leinster championship at Wexford in front of forty eight people in some field in Wicklow. Uh, we beat awfully a massive performance on the day, but, <laughs> well but we won. Eddie, thank Eddie you, thanks a million. Uh, but we won the Leinster championship. But yeah. it, it didn't really matter. It was more like uh, it's like. The, the 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 Martin Tracy or something like that. You'd use it to get yourself fit for championship. Yeah, okay. Um, and the Camogie setup, I'd love to see that structure being brought into Gaelic football. You let your play your Leinster Old Championship in January or February there when lads are getting fit. Yeah, you're losing the traditionist straight away, and you know the GEA how they're like. In fairness, the GEA could have done anything this year. Now I know they have 
knockout for football but they could have as you said put it into tears this year they could have mixed it up mixed all, put him out of a ball and drawn like a carry against a Tyrone or whatever the case may be this was the year to do it yeah, but you could it's, it's not it, like traditionists are fine but you have to remember in 20 years time we're going to be the traditionists like it's going to be us that was you know you don't have to do something the same all the time yep. because it was always done that way I mean I think it's something that could be looked at like there's, there's another point that I would say to you is I, I'm absolutely loving I've never loved the Hurling and Football Championships as much as I'm loving it this year and I'm saying probably for three reasons number one there's nothing else to do pubs are closed yeah. <laughs> number two definitely the pubs are closed yeah. uh, but the, the final one and, and, and this is the truth November is a crap month yeah. it's just desperately poor yeah. I actually would like to lobby the GEA to say you're a club hurler now Tag the club hurling championships are med play on the worst pitches at the worst time of the year yeah. you know we don't get to play on pitches like Nolan Park or Crow Park so we go out and play on a wet Tuesday night in Tom Walsh Park in Skiok or up in your own place on a, on, on a wet Tuesday night why not play the club championships in the summer and let the All-Ireland Championship Series start in September so first round and so on I'd agree and then yeah. you know if you're Brian Cody I get to go and watch Emeralds playing this week I get to go and watch all them matches and see all these club hurlers and I said Jesus you know what your man's going really well with his club he's flying bring him in here yeah. not in nine months time I might have a look at that lad that scored 11 points for Emeralds and what happens there Eddie, you bring him in in January and February which is playing in the crap conditions anyway and you're trying to make a name for yourself and you're on probably the worst team that's going to be on you know and that you're not playing with the better players around you it's going to be very hard to do it and like th- the whole thing this year the, the club scene has been a massive success this year in, Brilliant. in my opinion in all counties yeah in all counties like there was teams coming out of nowhere <clears throat> I know people were at home and that's understandable and they're all buying into it but they're buying into it because there was a three month spell there wasn't this thing of going back in January and February training and slogging it out when we know realistically it's not be going kicked off in September October the championship anyway so in my opinion the whole thing I'm no guru about fixtures but give the summer months it's supposed to be for the GEA club hurler that's where the, the grassroots is that's where the ethos of the GEA is give it to the club hurler and let the Kenter County teams then play at a lesser time of the, say maybe September, October they're still dry they're still nice evens and they're going to have the better pitches and they're going to have better facilities to train in and I think it's a better overall system. But it's like you take, I guarantee if you spoke to publicans in Dublin, hoteliers in Cork, hoteliers in Dublin, and even the players themselves, I know, I would, I've seen it this year, the club championship, if we went club football and hurling championships, if we got an announcement saying, right, the club championship scene is going to be June, July and August, your county finals have to be played by the second week in August, or even the first week in August. Then on the third week of August, the first round of the championship starts for the club team, for the county teams. Mm. And then you've got September, October, and all in a final, like, what lads forget is if you play a club final and I've seen it here I've seen a club final being played in Nolan Park on the second week in October and it go into a replay and things like that and it's really wet weather and it's getting heavy pitches and the whole lot in fairness to Nolan Park it stands up and it takes it but pitches like you know a small club pitch that's not going to be able to take that pounding in October yeah. Crow Park it, Crow Park is going to be like a carpet tomorrow for the they, 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 they all are in semi-final and it's going to be the same on Sunday um, yeah what happens if it rains big deal it rains in August too you've, are you telling me you've never played senior championship match for Kilkenny in the rain yeah like you go back to the, the Limerick game in, it was a thousand whatever it was 14 was it semi-final sure torrential rain like in Croke Park but it was still playable like the pitch was <laughs> absorbing everything like yeah. so like I, I, I agree with you like scrap the Welsh Cups scrap all that crappy competitions at the beginning of the year you know and I'm saying it now but that's where I made me name that's where I got to <laughs> Team. But like, I've no interest in it. Like, you but know? You, but you, 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 surely it would 
enhance the club championship. If I'd love to see, you know, Emeralds playing blacks and whites, and next thing you see. DJ Carey arriving in and you know that DJ Carey is coming down because he's after yeah. hearing such a lad's flying. He's had to tell her again this year but you know yeah. and that, but that at, must be I'd say I'd that. say that was it he was saying Taggy, Taggy's back we need Walter him Walter wasn't playing at all but, but isn't it do you know like if you're a club hurler yeah. like you, you've, you, I see it with young lads coming along um, and I see it with my own club there's some really lovely young fellas and I'd say that they'd love to hear because I remember when I played soccer you'd oh there's a scout there from Blackburn today and every single player on the team increased the performance yeah. by about 25% and then you found out afterwards that he wasn't actually a scout from Blackburn his cousin's friend's uncle lived next door to a scout from Blackburn you know yeah. but I just think club championships early in the year senior hurling and football championships later in the year but and then in the football championship at the same time tear it out go it even if it's Division A, B, C, whatever way you want to do, name them. There must be footballers that are famous. I can't think. Jimmy Barry Murphy Cup. And, Jimmy Barry, yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. and, and do that. The Mick O'Connell. You know, there's yeah. enough GEA legends that can be honoured with the tournament. Yeah, no, I, th- I think so. Yeah, I think definitely the football side of things because, like, I don't know about you, like, I, I only get interested around the semi-final stage. Like, I have no interest. Be- no. Be- be- like, I'd watch the games, but I really no interest because I know the outcome of the games. I bet you're not getting overly excited about seeing Tip against Mayo and Cavan against Dublin. No, I'm not. But in fairness, I'm happy that the big ball is going on well in Tipperary. So <laughs> as, as long as I win the big ball, I'll be happy. You know that they're a strong football and strong it's like a, Isn't it gas, Eddie, that like the, the Cavan, Tipperary, Mayo and Dublin thing, that was 1920 that they won the province. And now, like, I'm not uh, spiritual or whatever the case may be, but there's, there's something there, is there? Ah, it is. It's like, it, it is. It's, it's an amazing thing, I suppose. The centenary of Bloody Sunday, yeah. what went on. I mean, I... I have to say I wasn't educated like the Bloody Sunday thing and what happened in 1920 was an atrocity I wasn't educated enough on it this year I got to see an awful lot because of the centenary and I got to read up on it I didn't realise one of the, the, the Tipperary players or a Dublin goalkeeper actually was there was a player killed on the field yeah like, oh, I mean, shot, it was, yeah, yeah. was know, it Hogan Michael Hogan, Hogan yeah, yeah the Hogan stand is called yeah, after yeah, him obvious, um, yeah. but you know <laughs> but, but it's obvious now but I, I genuinely didn't no, know that right. and, and I watched I watched some of the stuff and I thought wow and do you know what there is something there. I mean, like lads would knock the GEA. Lads would give out about the GEA. I've 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 family and to give out. Like I've been involved with the GEA since I was four years of age. My parents have done lots of brilliant things for me in my life. But the biggest thing I can honestly tell you that they've ever done for me was introduce me to a GEA club because I've I've lived in Westmead. I've lived in Germany. I've lived in in Kilkenny. I've lived in Wexford. The one constant I had all the way through my life was I was always connected to a GEA club. Yeah, when you went travelling, Eddie, was it the first thing you looked for was oh. a GEA club or a person that was involved? Hundred yeah, percent. Like yeah. literally, and even sometimes when you when you were new, you were leaving. The the, the the lad in the club would come up and say, "Come here, you're you're going to Dusseldorf, is it? Ah, yeah. There's Johnny, Johnny O'Shaughnessy. Yeah, yeah, you know, he used to play corner forward there with Tang. He's isn't it deadly? This is it. But yeah. you've, you but like I know fellas that landed off planes in America and um, going out for six months or eight months working, and and they were met at the airport by Wexford hurlers and Wexford footballers from ten years previous saying here come on in you come and, and living in their houses for a couple of weeks to get settled yeah I think it, like it's even like it's a serious community it's all around the world and it's kind of like you can meet a lad you might know him from Adam but you can talk GEA about him and it's kind of a GEA world to help each other out and definitely with the, the, the tip footballers you talk about how they won the Munster final there's no doubt that Bloody Sunday was talked about and the tradition and the spirit and the, the whole ethos of the GEA and lads died on the green grass if you want to go all that all down that route it was definitely talked about and definitely got motivated but as you said you can 
travel anywhere in the world, get into a job, they sort you out, you know, labouring, whatever the case may be, if you play hurling, football, you're sorted. Yeah, no, it's it definitely is. And in fairness to the tip lads, that Michael Hogan on their shoulder actually yeah, is. Looked, dead, like, know, I can only jersey was class as well. It was a nice ah, jersey. It was it was nice jersey. It's the only tipperary jersey you'd wear except it's <laughs> a tipperary across the front know, of it yeah. and stuff. But but the other thing I would say on on, on on it is I'd say in that dressing room, you've been in dressing rooms where there's been team talks where your skin would stand and your hair would be standing up on your back going out on the field and I would say the Tipperary team talk before the Munster final would have been the handiest team talk of all time you I, know? Was, yeah, I, was, I was wondering where you were going to go with that it was a shout and roar but I'd say it was just silence just lads you know what this day is all about you know it's it's literally Ireland summed up in a nutshell you know it's, it's the most Irish thing you could possibly do and we're involved in it today just go out there and just yeah, do stuff no, like make, you, make your piece of history yeah exactly the last thing we're going to cover on today's today's uh, podcast there with myself and Tag we're going to switch across on this Taggy wants to tackle something else before we go home tonight but the last <laughs> well, one we have to say to best look to the girls tomorrow in fairness as well 100% the, 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 the Camogie Championship yeah, yeah. the Camogie Championship yeah um I think with the Camogie girls, they've been so unlucky, and they're playing Cork. This, I think, they bet them three years in a row. They got lost three All Irelands in a row. Like that is to come back every year and to be going for it. And Brian Dowland's actually over uh, this year, a friend of mine, and would have played hurling with Kenny with him. Uh, very good manager, and I just want to wish him the very best luck because it's so hard to get him bet and bet and bet uh, by a Cork team and coming back up and take them on tomorrow. Um, you know, it's just, something has to change. Is there any reason why that match is being played in Cork tomorrow? I was going to. I don't know. It's in Parky Creek. Is, is it a home and away thing with Camogie? No. Uh, the so All Ireland semi finals traditionally are played in Crow Park. Um, yeah. No, but they wouldn't be played in Crow Park. That's not true. Sorry. The All Ireland semi finals we played, say, in Semple Stadium. You'd have a double header. Um, now, the RT cameras are there tomorrow for the game anyway. So yeah, the, the game is covered live in Parky Creek. I don't know what the reason for it is. Now, the only thing I would say is, and I'm not putting it up as an excuse, but the Cork girls wouldn't be used to playing in Parky Cueve anymore they'd played it probably a bit more than yeah. Kilkenny have but and how you, you're up in Camogie, you obviously train Kilkenny and stuff yeah. are Kilkenny going well are they oh they're flying they're flying yeah, yeah. yeah. The, Brian, Brian was training the Kilkenny team last year under Anne and Downey was still managing but Brian was training the team last year F- talking to some of the Kilkenny players I, I never really kind of delved into the Kilkenny camp at all with the, yeah. the girls but I would have spoken to some of them after training sessions and different times have you ever but, asked to train Kilkenny no I'd, no. Never, I'd never any aspirations you sure about that no <laughs> No, like I suppose I, I was I had moved to Kilkenny and I was travelling up and down to Wexford and I stayed yeah. I stayed in Kilkenny when when I when I switched jobs and I, and I stayed up I, I continued that season and seen it out with Wexford but I, I I'd never been involved with the, the Camogie setup in Kilkenny or looked at it but I, I had done through my work in Gorn. Would you like it? Would you like it? Uh, um, I'm kind of really happy where I am at the moment. Yeah. Genuinely with the club team, I love it. And would I like to train the Kilkenny Camogie team? One hundred percent. I'd love to manage and train the Kilkenny Camogie team. They're yeah. they're a fabulous bunch. They, like I think they'll win the All Ireland this year. I think. Why this year? I thought they were very unlucky last year. I think Brian and and in fairness, Dan Downey, she was she's super. Yeah. Manager, Seriously. um, they got caught. I was here, uh, I was on the radio the day of the All Ireland final. They got caught on their heels early in that game, um, against Galway. It's a great it, game, yeah. it was a good game, and like Galway of Neve Kilkenny there in midfield, and she got a bit of a free run. Uh, and I'm not blaming any players and picking them out, but Neve Kilkenny, if you're going to give somebody a free run in a game, it'd be like giving DJ Carey a free run at it in, a, in an All Ireland final in his prime. That's Neve Kilkenny for Galway at midfield now, but she's absolutely brilliant. Mm. Cork, I think Kilkenny have the measure of Cork. I'd be really disappointed if they don't win so they'll be meeting Galway then in an All-Ireland final I'm not and preempting are, are, are it Cork, Do you think Cork is Kilkenny's bogey team or Galway Kilkenny's bogey team or is it a bit of both? I think it's a little bit of both I think the All-Ireland final might be Kilkenny's bogey, bogey more yeah. so than like, like, Do they underperform in Ireland? I think so yeah like, I think like, that's the biggest thing I've seen Kilkenny been brilliant in semi-finals and yeah, not bringing it But I see a lot of us wouldn't see that because I suppose in the bogey world 
I suppose a lot of people maybe don't watch Camogie maybe they're more into the, the, the men's sport and we only kind of see maybe a semi-final final stage so do you think the Kilkenny team is plays better not in Ireland final <laughs> final, was it? you see in an All-Ireland final it, it, it's different in, in, in a men's game in an All-Ireland semi-final you have, you have 70 or 80,000 people at the game and there's a whole lot of pressure and the build-up to the semi-final is massive like a final yeah. in the Camogie the build-up to the semi-final is quite sedated um, you take today we're chatting away and we're after talking about it and, and a good few things and it wouldn't have been intentional by myself because I'm a massive Camogie fan but we almost overlooked the All-Ireland semi-final tomorrow in the Camogie and thankfully you, you, you pointed it out so that, they'll go under the radar there'll be probably two or 3,000 people at the game tomorrow but when they're in the All-Ireland Final there'll be thirty to 40,000 people at the game the two weeks leading up into the game it's phone calls and texts and all that crap and I think in fairness to the girls in Kilkenny you've got Grace Walsh Marion Walsh absolutely these, these, I'm telling you these Brilliant. are the best Camogie players yeah. in the country Colette Dormer Denise Gall and I'm leaving out girls I'm kind of forgetting names and whatnot but I'm telling you, if you were to pick out the best 15 hurlers in, in Ireland right now, there'd be at least six of the Kilkenny senior Camogie team on that team. And, yeah. and Brian, Brian knows that. And I've interviewed Brian and I've spoken to him twice. He's a super guy. Mm. And, I, and I just, I, I really want that. I, I feel, I, now in fairness, they've won in Ireland in the last four years. They did win one. 16, wasn't it? Yeah. So, and, and, and the scenes of jubilation yeah. when they did it were, yeah. were chronic. Like them girls, they know how to party hey, too. Party. Um, <laughs> and, and, and with a bit of luck, we'll get to see them, them partying. But yeah, I think, okay. I think they'll beat Cork tomorrow and, and then the big build up is going to be that couple of weeks to get them ready for Galway because yeah, Galway will be a solid test. It's interesting to say, like you said, a build up to an Ireland final. I know exactly. Text messages, tickets, it's a different kettle of fish and it's dream. And I think maybe Brian Dowling might understand that and pull him away from it because basically I find when you're going to an Ireland final you need to disappear. The safest place you can be is in the dressing room. Outside of it, lads in the street, all that get into your head slightly and you know it's, it's taken from the game. Yeah, see, people people don't realise that, and like I, I know myself. I remember, unfortunately, I don't know what it's like to be playing in an All Ireland hurling final in Crow Park, but I do know myself from from chatting to some of the players that I've been close to and the situations I've been in, and I see it. The players are kind of creatures of habit. It's ritual. It's things. These things you do them all the time. So, if I send you a text before every single game saying "best of luck today," tag tear at home you're used to it and you say chair scal and you move on on an All-Ireland final day and your phone's going beep 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 like I, I seen it with Athlone years ago the players getting on the bus and Noly I think Noly McGrath McLaughlin was his name he, he took everybody's phones off them just leave yeah. them there lads and that was the minute you got on the team bus because now we're switching on we're in game mode and relax now we let them watch a movie on the bus or chat away or play music but there was no mobile phones he didn't want any contact from the outside world and, and we had to switch on like yeah. The technology's moved on a bit since it you has. were in the dressing room. Like, yeah. oh, like in fairness, when I was kind of leaving Instagram and look, Twitter and all that was kind of only coming into it. And thank God there was no <laughs> phones back in my day. <laughs> but you, but like, you think about it, if you're travelling on a bus and yeah. someone's looking at the Kilkenny team and Twitter at Taggy Fogarty, you know, yeah. can't believe they're starting that useless at Taggy again. Like that's... Like, it, it, it feeds, it, no matter what you say, it feeds into you. And look, we're, we're a negative kind of species. We pick up the negative comments all the time. And if you see something that he shouldn't be starting today or she shouldn't be starting today, it does get into you and it drains you and you're talking about people texting you they mean the best for you like they're not texting you just to, to upset you but like they don't understand that you could be getting 50-60 texts uh, on the way up but it, it's how to control that and it's very important to control that because it sucks the energy it's bad enough having to play in an Ireland final and think about it uh, but it mentally drains you unknown to yourself is what I'm trying to say 
No, 100%. Taggy, we're, we're after covering a good bit there. We, we, we'll, we'll leave it for this week on, on, on Clash, oh, the, the Clash Act uh, <laughs> the podcast. Clash Act. The Clash Act. But we'll, we'll definitely, hopefully, be back next week to talk about two Kilkenny teams in All-Ireland Finals. It'll be, be a lovely situation to be in to start planning towards two All-Ireland Finals. We'll have a bit more of a look in depth at the football. Obviously, the football championships are coming on again uh, yeah. the following weekend. And, and sure, hopefully, we'll have a great bit of crack over the next couple of weeks. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah, Wouldn't it be great to be doing your Christmas shopping and going to an All-Ireland all in one day? Like, it's, 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 it's crazy like, like in one sense it's, it's absolutely brilliant in another sense it's just crazy but like hopefully Kilkenny will be getting through we'll go to the matches it's making a short winter of it all isn't it Ah, uh, 100% no it's it's great to have it and sure look hopefully we have lots of people listening to this podcast and you've all enjoyed it this week and we look forward to speaking to you all again next week on the Class Act thanks a million. 